0: Welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Hi, I'm John Ritter. And today, over the next few hours, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and inspiration. You're going to be inspired by two of today's guests. Josh Turner, he has an incredible story about how he met the man in black, Johnny Cash, that you don't want to miss. And Russell Dickerson is going to tell us about how he had to keep the faith through one difficult time in his life. Plus, we're going to share some stories from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast, listeners who call in every Sunday morning on the Rise Up radio show and share their life-changing stories. These are stories that you're going to be talking about for the rest of your life. I remember sitting down with Josh Turner just when he was starting off and asking him if he had some of those times in his life that he would call life-changing.
1: Um, man you know there's been a lot a lot of those experiences for me um you know when i when i got baptized was you know when i accepted the lord as my my savior and you know that was the biggest moment of my life you know i was um, that
0: covers all the lives doesn't it here and
1: after pretty much um so that was you know the biggest moment i guess and um and then there was a moment uh, when i was 14 when i sang digging up bones, you know, it was the first country song I ever sang in front of a crowd. Um, and just the reaction that I got that night was, you know, a big part of the reason, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing today is because it motivated me and inspired me to, to continue with that, um, talent and continue with, you know, singing in front of people. And, um, you know, so that, that pushed me forward. Um, and then, uh, when I, you know, found that I, had a lesion on my right vocal cord back in ninety six that was a big moment too because it was that was one of those blessings in disguise you know it was uh it was very scary i I didn't think I'd ever be able to sing again um and here I was dreaming to be a country singer and i I couldn't hardly talk without it just you know hurting i mean i was i was in mm-hmm. pain um, so, you know, and I, th- I think that's, that's the great thing about life is that you have a lot of those moments, you know, you don't have just one. If you have just one, you're living kind of a <laughs> boring life, you know, <laughs> you know, you got to have a lot of those moments cause that's what makes life interesting. And then it, and it creates a story.
0: Now, um, I pretty much know this answer, but I want to make sure our listeners get it mm-hmm. outside of your mom and dad. Have you had anybody that you can say a person that made an impact on your life?
1: Um, my wife, um, you know, and that I was leading up to that earlier, you know, um, that, that was the next moment I was going to mention was, was getting married. And I mean, it, you know, you, at that moment, it becomes real to you that it's, life is not just about you anymore. It There's somebody else to consider. And, um, and the cool thing about marriage too, is that it's the only, um, you know, true, what's what's the word i'm looking for it's the only true representation of or or true correlation um between like christ's relationship with the church you know it you know your relationship with with your wife or with your spouse um is is you know a direct reflection of that and that's why you see a lot of people you know a lot of marriages kind of succumb to divorce and and breakups and and splits because that's the first thing that the enemy is going to try to to tear down you know mm-hmm. because he he doesn't he doesn't like what it represents he doesn't like the positive you know aspect of it he doesn't like you know the honesty in it um so he's going to try to tear that apart so you know my wife has been um you know a a huge part of my life um she's been my support my my friend she's she's been you know um a permanent part of my band she sings background vocals and plays piano in my band and um you and know and now she's going to be the mother yeah, of your child now, she's, now <laughs> she's the mother of my child exactly so <laughs> it's uh you know she's she's a she's a tough cookie
0: Hey if you would um in case our listeners have never heard the story I don't know how often you've told it but tell us the quick story about um you're, you're deciding to go and meet Johnny Cash? If we can <laughs> if we can do it fast, I don't know. They're going to be flagging me. In yeah, a the the
1: the brief version is that uh, I had really become a fan of his. I had read his autobiography. I knew he had a neurological disorder, and I knew that I didn't want him dying before I got to meet him. So, I found out where he lived and went to his house and got to meet him at his door. And oh, um, give
0: me a little bit more. T- come on, know, tell he, about pulling in the driveway. You want to talk well, about I mean, God's timing?
1: I got I got lost a couple of times. And I you know, I, I tell people that I from Nashville to Hendersonville, I've spent that whole time praying that I would come across as a genuine, you know, admirer of his, and not just some crazed fan who wanted an autograph for a picture. You know, as if driving up to somebody's house wasn't wasn't crazed. <laughs> in the um, of the night. But uh, but yeah, I got lost and and it turned dark, which made me nervous. Um, so I found the house. There's this big gate around the house, and and I drive in, and there's a black Mercedes in the driveway, and walk up to the 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 door, and I knock several times. Nobody comes, and I'm thinking this has got to be the place because there was a a painting of June on the wall inside. You know, I could see through this stained glass window beside the door. I said, "This has got to be the place." You know, and all of a sudden, I, I knocked really loud, and and you know, here comes this this booming voice. You know, on the other side of the door, and the door swings open wide, and there stands the man in black in a denim long sleeve shirt. <laughs> and he said.
0: How do you do? My name is Sue. Yeah. You go, wow. (laughs) Now you're gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but you were worried about that one. And throughout Josh's career, he's always been compared to Randy Travis. And finally, they did a show together.
1: Yeah, that uh, that show definitely set the record straight. You know, (laughs) there's so many people. Oh, you sound just like Randy Travis. Or you know, I bet Randy Travis (laughs) when you were here. Yeah, always comparing me to Randy, which you know was understandable because he. He was my hero. I mean, I I grew up, he he taught me how to sing. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, it was kind of cool for people to actually see that show, hear us together, and that way they could actually hear the difference between <laughs> my voice and Randy Travis's voice and also hear the similarities, you know. So it was good to, you know, let people see the the two different singing styles and how, you know, they have affected each other. So,
0: And have you ever met a nicer man?
1: Not really, no. He, uh, he is class,
0: isn't uh, he? He's down to earth, yep. Yeah. I was just telling somebody out there and they're go, "Yeah, I saw Randy, he's real thin." I said, "Don't let that fool you now. Randy's a, <laughs> Randy's a martial arts guy and he's a, he's a quick draw a guy. Yeah. He's a cowboy. <laughs> Don't mess with Randy Travis now." No, he
1: he works out 6 days a week, too.
0: So, yeah. Uh, is there anything that that he said or maybe some advice that being around him that you just kind of took to heart?
1: Um, you know, I I was just just saying this, you know, Randy is not really the kind of person to just throw out advice. You know, he's not uh, he's not one of those guys that you know just offers up advice. He he's more of a more of an encourager. You know, he he, right. he he likes to he likes to give compliments and likes to encourage and and that was one thing that I noticed right off the bat was that he was encouraging me uh, and and complimenting me on on the kind of music I was making and and the way I was singing and the way I was carrying myself and and uh, I think I think it was cool because you know he he is my hero and and mm-hmm. I'm kind of you know I'm not intentionally following in his footsteps but I'm kind of doing the same thing that he was doing and is still doing you know I'm, I'm trying to carry that traditional country music torch you know mm-hmm. into the future um for my generation um so it, it uh, it's kind of cool you know it's not that he's passed the torch down to me it's just that I'm I'm trying to you know try trying to accomplish that same goal with my generation so So
0: maybe Josh's story inspired you to share one with us. Well, you can on the Rise Up Country Hope line at 844-717-7774, or go ahead and make a comment on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country, or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. I remember getting a call from this gentleman who got some great advice from his pop.
2: Well,
3: I was in high school, and. I had just went through a breakup with a girlfriend and, you know, things seemed pretty bleak at the time and dad seemed that I was feeling pretty blue and he, he took me out for a drive in the country and he's, he's a coal miner. He, he drove out and pointed at a field and said, hey, you see that field right there? And I said, yes, sir, do. And he said, well, I used to work in that field right there. That used to be the mine that I worked at. And I had a lot of problems there. Everything seemed like it was going bad.
4: Hmm. And he said,
3: now I drive by it, and every problem that I had, everything that I thought I couldn't get over, he says, look at it now. It's just a field. It's, the problems you have now, they aren't going to matter in the long run, so just don't let them get to you. Hmm. That really uh, that really brightened my day and helped me get through that time of my life. And said I still think about it every time I have a problem. this day, I think about that. And, you know, everything that happens now seems so big and long runs, just so small.
0: You know, Zach, I got to tell you, when you're telling me that story, if I could give this country a gift, I would give it more daddies that are home and help their kids just like your dad did.
3: Well, he, I got lucky. He's, he's a good man.
0: Well, this gentleman here had to have a guardian angel watching over him.
2: About a week ago, I was struck by 12,000 volts of electricity. I hit an overhead power line while I was at work. And uh, after the electric guys did all their math, I got hit with 7,200 amps of electricity. And I guess it only takes 3 amps to kill a person. The only thing I was left with is a burn mark on my cheek and a entry burn mark on my, my fingertip.
0: Wow, Jimmy, how did that happen?
2: Uh, me and, me and my buddy were drilling geothermal holes, and we had to drill six of them. So we drilled three, we moved the truck over, and we were starting to drill. We got done drilling the first one on that next row. And uh, when we went to lay the bit down, I walked the bit out so we can lay it on the ground to move the truck forward for the next hole. And when I was laying the bit down, the cable it was attached to, came in contact with the overhead wires.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're right. I mean, you're, God's not through with you yet.
2: Yeah. I, I have plenty more stories. I keep telling my mom because I scare her all the time. I tell her I have nine lies, and that, that took one of them. So <laughs> I'm down to only one more.
0: I remember getting this call from the gentleman out on the river listening to our radio show. Rise Up Country.
5: Well, actually, it was just a little bit of uh, something that you had on the air this morning. I'm kind of choked up over it. <clears throat> about 30 minutes or so ago, you had this guy came on, gave a testimony about his life, how messed up it was mm-hmm. with the alcohol, drugs, and being homeless. And, and, and then he sounds so happy and, and uh, full of life right now. like He had a home and a wife, and mm-hmm. everything was going good for him. And at that particular time, this guy, I was listening to it on the radio. At that particular time, I looked over to my left. Out of the corner of my eye, I, I work on a tugboat on the Mississippi River. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a boat passing about 100 yards from the boat. And the name of that boat was Risen Savior. <laughs> and, and, and it was just. It didn't seem like it was a coincidence. And it, today's Sunday, and we're tied off at a fleet here on the river called St. John Fleet. And I just thought, you know, hey, this can't be a coincidence, you know.
2: Right. So
5: I just thought if that guy could hear something like that, would just lift him on up more, you know.
0: Hey, you know what? You and I will hang around someday, hang out in heaven, and you can tell me all about riverboating. How's that?
5: That's right. <laughs> I hope to be able to do that. All right. I hadn't been on, on the river but about five years. I was a construction worker for 35 years, and I got tired running up and down the country because I couldn't see my family, couldn't find work here. There, and I, I, uh, I took a job on the river, and I wish I'd have done it sooner, but yeah, regardless of the fact, uh, I'm enjoying what I do now.
0: Maybe these stories inspired you to share one with us. Well, you can on the Rise Up Country Hope line at 844-717-7774. I remember having a conversation on a Zoom call with this guy here. Man, he is one personality. Russell Dickerson. How are (laughs) you? Hey, good, man. How about you?
4: Oh, fantastic. Feeling great.
0: great. That's great. You look great, man. Hey, same to you. I always say the same thing about you. I always say you're the worst act in the world to follow. I would never want to go on stage after you perform, man.
4: (laughs) You know, we just like to get a little rowdy. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you walked on stage after you, you just look lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Hey, now, what do you call your little baby? I mean, is it Remington or, or what do you call him?
4: Yeah, we call him Remington. We call him Remy, Rim Dog Millionaire. You know, we got a bunch of nicknames.
0: Oh yeah, Some yeah. Names for him. Yeah, I'm a yeah, nickname one, guy. One of my grandbabies. Oh, me too. It's like uh, you know, Sammy from Miami, our dog. You know, it's it's always something. You know, <laughs> yes. our, our little grandbaby's Matthew, and it's like Maddie. And his dad goes, eh, I'd rather not have him call call him Maddie. You know, Maddie. But, yeah. Yeah, we got to call him Matt to keep him that tougher image. That's right. Hey, uh, do you watch Seinfeld at all? Uh, oh, yeah, here and there. Not a, not like a, a huge follower. More of okay, a friends I gotta, guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I got to tell you two, two things that happened on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. One was George Costanza's kind of like the oddball guy that never has a girl, can't hold on, is always analyzing stuff. Mm-hmm. And one day he meets someone, they go, oh, man, look at those hands. You should be a hand model. So it became very important. With his hands. And then later on, an iron fell on him. And then there was a girl in there that Jerry dated, and he loved the way she looked, but she had man hands. So she had these giant hands. So they go yeah. out to dinner and she's like ripping the lobster apart. When I saw <laughs> your new video, God gave me a girl. That's all I could think about the whole time is the, is the, man, the man hands the or man George Costanza going the yeah. there. That's pretty clever, though. How'd you come up with that?
4: You know, it just kind of, uh, a... A step-by-step step of kind of walking through what the song, like at that point in time of my life, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's time to get serious. It's time to get a ring and all that stuff. And so, yeah, just kind of our creative director had the idea of just having the the camera mount and the first person experience and everything, you know. And so I was just like, I love that. So they just ran with that whole idea.
0: Yeah. And you can have whatever hand you want in there, right?
4: Exactly. Whatever you want.
0: Yeah, that's pretty funny, though, because I'm thinking, okay. Now, were any of them your hands?
4: No, no, it wasn't.
0: Man, no, because I'm thinking, I think his hands would be bigger than that.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a good idea. I should have thought about that. If you're going to get somebody, get some man hands in there. (laughs) Right. Some large, like, uh, what was uh, Andrew the Giant kind of hands. Yeah, Andre the Giant, yeah, exactly. I meant that guy, each finger of his was this big. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Have you watched that
4: documentary about it? No, no. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's great.
0: I mean, who would ever want to walk into a ring with that guy?
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: Not me. Massive. Yeah. Hey, um, journey that you've been on that maybe something didn't work out well, but it ended up making you stronger because you've been down that road where you go, uh, you know, we all go through that where you have to kind of keep the faith and believe that there's something better up ahead because at the time it really stinks.
4: Um, let's see. I mean, well, I would say like with Home Sweet, that was kind of exactly what happened for me. You know, this was my fifth single and, you know, we had four number ones in a row and we're like, oh dude, this is so easy, whatever. And then know we get to the point where like it's like all right we're thinking the single's done but what was crazy is like literally at the same time she likes it was just like exploding and so you know it was like at first it was like oh my god like we're just like giving up on a song but it turns out like a few weeks later maybe a month later that she likes it just started just like skyrocketing so you know it was it was a crazy story and to you know it always sucks to end a end the number one streak like that but you know it it just is what it is and here we are now with she likes it and you know one of the biggest songs of my career is crazy
0: yeah and you know what i've had to learn that in life not to get my expectations up so high to say yeah. okay let's let's just see where it's the same way with these interviews i can't tell you how many times i think man, I'm going to have such a great Christian message to deliver for this person. It's almost like, don't you dare say the word God around me. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> so I just go wherever it goes. It goes, you know, you just yeah, have, man. To, exactly. have to let it happen. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That's funny, because when you say that, that's exactly if you look at my note card, it's like home sweet is exactly what I was thinking of. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
4: Know? Man. Yeah. And just keeping the faith through that.
0: You know, I always like to ask people, too, to go back on memory lane, because I do this. And I'm, I'll am tell you what I'm going to do with my wife. My, my son is getting married April 1st.
4: Oh, congrats, man.
0: Oh, thanks, man. But these guys, you know, they're just spending a ton of money on the reception. I mean, nothing like my wife and I could ever afford. I mean, when my yeah. wife and I got married... We had to go set up the reception hall ourselves. Yeah. We had to get our own catering. The guy comes up and goes, oh. Hey, ma'am, we're almost out of meatballs. Do you guys want to buy some more? And I'm like, Oh, man. You know, it's really like scrounging to make it happen. Yeah. And they have so much going on, but my wife doesn't know it. But in the middle of that real expensive reception, I'm going to have them come up and give us two meatballs on a couple of toothpicks as a reminder of where we came from yeah you have one of those times that maybe you and your wife go back to that you say gosh honey look how far we've come i mean we're so blessed
4: yeah i mean our our whole first year of marriage like we got back that's that's honestly what home suite's about is uh when we got back from our honeymoon i found out that i'd gotten dropped from my songwriting deal so like my income completely stopped Right in right at the beginning of our marriage, I've got and goosebumps
0: so, on this. Holy yeah, gosh! Yeah. yeah,
4: so so we made twelve thousand dollars joint annual income that year, and you know, it was just like wow, we were yeah, but it was like we couldn't really go anywhere, we couldn't really do much, so we were just like kind of would just hang out at home, newlyweds, and watch movies and just like chill. You know, it was such a simple time in life, and you know, I was really able to dive in on like, really like figure out how to like produce music. Like, I really got really nerdy on like logic and recording and instruments, wow. and you know what I mean. So it was like such a foundational time for my career. But obviously, at the time, I was like, God, what is happening? Like, come on, like let's go. I'm just sitting here. What am I like? I need shows. I need, I need right. a record deal. I need songs. Like, come on. But looking back man, it was such a just foundational time for our marriage and, and my career too, I think.
0: Boy, that's good to go back to, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because that does make you, when you have that bump in the road in the future, then you go, all right, I guess God's got a better plan for it. I don't, what else can you say besides that?
4: Right. Yeah.
0: Or you have no faith that things are going to work out. So you don't want to go down that road either.
4: Yeah. Well, like, you know, Paul's like, yeah, I've, I'm happy begging, and I'm happy when I'm rich. You know, it's like, right. and I'm like, yeah, like we can have it all and happy. I've been poor before, so like we we're happy too. So that's all yeah, good. Zig
0: Ziglar said, um, "I've had money and I haven't had money, and it's good to have some."
4: <laughs> I yeah,
0: that's a good I way to it. put it. Yeah. So, what's the latest with the baby?
4: Oh man, he's just, he's talking like crazy. Like anytime, like we were asking Siri questions last night on Google and he was just repeating everything we were saying. I forget what we were looking up, but whatever it was, it was like, how much caffeine? It was like, how much caffeine is in blah, blah, blah. And he was like, how much caffeine I buy about that?
0: <laughs> That's so cute, <laughs> like, man. Unreal. I remember, yeah. um, we were going that you always have to be now that he's talking, you have to be careful of what you say. I'll mm-hmm. tell you a great story about that. My wife and I took my daughter to Hawaii for I think her first or second birthday. And she got her on a backpack. When we go to sit down, my wife hit her head on the tree and she drops a couple F bombs. Oh, so we sit down there, don't think in anything of it. A couple older ladies come up and they're talking to my daughter and they just love her so much. And we get up to leave, and my wife hits her head again. And my daughter looks at these ladies and just starts going no 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 he, everything that mom says you know so you have to be careful yes. what you say about around them don't you
4: yeah yeah exactly i know we were we were doing something and me and me and kaylee kind of i mean we weren't bickering we were just kind of joking back and forth right. and i was like i was like set. i was like tell mommy to stop being such a turd oh, <laughs> and, she, and he goes mommy stop being a turd i know I was with my like, grandbabies oh, no. i say stuff
0: and joke with them and i know I,
4: like I... it was a joke but now it's like okay that was a major parenting fail
0: oh yeah yeah because now all of a sudden that's what she's saying yeah right. i i joke with my grandbabies all the time about stuff and my daughter's going dad you do know he's gonna take that to school you can't say and do those kind of things in fact right. she printed up a whole shirt you know uh butt wipe, a list of all the things I'm not allowed to say around the house. So I have to wear this shirt going, okay, don't say this. You can't say jerk. You can't say that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I love that stuff, man. I remember going in Lake Tahoe and we'd have a big, long winding road. And you just pull over because my car was slow. And and my daughter goes, daddy, what are you doing? I said, well, there's a jerk behind me. So I have Mm -hmm. to pull off the road. The guy's too close to me just being a jerk. Yeah. And then we go up a few more turns and she goes, "Guess what, daddy?" I go, "What?" There's another jerk back there. And I, <laughs> like, "Oh no." Kids say the darndest things, don't they? Hey, maybe these stories today inspired you to share some with us. You can on our Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Or you can make a comment on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country. Or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. And remember, till next time, don't give up, just rise up.